Hey guys, we're time traveling here. Uh, gonna splice this together later. Uh, so we recorded the first part of today's episode uh, earlier this morning, Wednesday. Uh, we just talked to Jamie Ball. Uh, it's Wednesday afternoon now. Uh, good episode, great interview. Love having Jamie on um, today. Though uh, Kurt Busch uh, in NASCAR announced that he will again be sitting out uh, this weekend's race. I believe it's at Michigan. Uh, Ty Gibbs will be driving the 45 again for 23-11 racing. Uh, leads me to believe the injury was a little bit more severe than just a concussion, or maybe it was just a concussion and he's taking his time uh, getting that figured out and taking his health really seriously. Uh, whatever it is, hope he gets better. Uh, Damon, are you worried about Kurt? I'm definitely worried about Kurt. Um, three weeks in a row. Now, I think if this is pre-2016, 2015, um, Kurt's racing this week and probably raced last week, to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah, and, and honestly, and we don't know the extent of the injury, and you know, you don't want to guess it, but honestly, that's probably one of the biggest pros to this playoff system is, hey, if there's something that's – very you know serious that you have to take a race off or two you know these guys can it's like hey don't risk your star athletes uh, and risk their health uh just to go put on you know any kind of performance in the next race um especially if it's not a playoff race um yeah i i was going along the lines of dale jr's stuff i think that was the big turning point and how he really opened up the the whole book of people taking time off because of concussions in particular um you know we saw what carson hosevar did this year with a broken ankle and he got in the car and air in the truck and really never stopped him uh throughout the year so i feel the concussion side of things a lot of credit needs to go to dale jr for for getting out and and getting the opportunity obviously kurt's no young guy by any means so it's going to take a little bit longer uh to heal from something like this and so it it does suck for kurt i am i am worried for kurt um i think retirement is sooner than we anticipate for kurt i know he is signed up through the end of of next year but i would not be surprised to uh to see him be done at the end of this year we'll see what happens there and if if that's the case i could also see him running a few um one-off type events for a part or a part-time schedule for for denny in that uh and 2311 as as needed basis so um yeah tough to tough to see for sure but be interesting to see what uh what transpires the rest of the season now after this. And if I'm Kurt, uh, I'm praying to God we don't get 16, 17 winners because that's the case. He's obviously going to be the odd man out. Yeah, and I hope uh, that the first time we ever got that, it wouldn't happen to Kurt. So maybe we'll root really hard for him to win uh, one of the last three after Michigan. So you know, I, you know I root for the different winners. I love that. Yeah, well, Parody see what party. happens. See what happens now. Um, 
other side of things, IndyCar news, um, Alexander Rossi will keep his win from the Indianapolis uh, road course from Saturday, uh, but his he was fined. He was docked uh, 20 points, and I believe uh, Andretti Autosport was fined $20,000 uh, for the car not meeting the car itself like met minimum weight requirements uh but only because uh they put a weight uh a ballast of sorts in his water bottle uh so they added weight to the water bottle however many pounds it was it got him above 1700 which is the minimum uh and so what do you think of this damon i mean i'm not canceling Alexander Rossi, I hate that I even just use that term seriously. Uh, and I think if you went after everybody that got penalized, penalized from like a car being illegal, I think you'd run out of drivers to cheer for. But that, that's pretty deliberate cheating. Yeah, I mean, so from what I'm understanding, I don't think that the based on the wording i don't think the bottle this the stuff inside of it was was weight the way it sounds from what i'm reading from jeff gluck is the contents the bottle and the contents were used as a ballast so it doesn't say whether or not there was weight in it versus water or something inside of it so what do you think weighs enough that what if it was peanut butter I mean, that would have been, I mean, hell, a bottle of water can, can do that too. If you're only a couple pounds, you know, if you're a couple pounds light. I have a, I have a hard time so, thinking that it, the car was at 1698 and they said, well, let's just fill up a water bottle with paste. I, I think it was a deliberate weight inside the bottle. I don't, you know, how they got him water. Maybe he didn't need it. It wasn't that long of a race. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I can't guarantee you. It was hot, but and the other fair. yeah, and the, the other damning part of it is that you know that he knew that. Oh yeah. Well he he may or may not have, you don't know. There's a lot of things that the crew members try to keep from drivers. That's fair. That. Maybe we gotta get an inside source on Rossi's pit crew. Yeah, I, there's a lot of a lot of things that teams will will make sure drivers don't know um more or less for the benefit of the driver at the end of the day being asked by the media but yeah i, I mean just based on the wording that doesn't sound like there was a certain amount or certain anything inside the bottle other than water but from logistical purposes and realistic purposes that would make more sense that there is something inside the bottle that weighs a little bit heavier um to to push it to where it needs to be so interesting stuff not uh you know we're we're in a day and age where unfortunately because I, i'm a big fan of innovation I love the the innovation stories, especially the the Daryl Waltrip stories and the Andy Petrie stories that they told back in the day. Hell, AJ Foyt had stories that he told back in the day. Those those type of stories of innovation and pushing the envelope and stepping in the gray area um, are 
obviously, yeah, they're they're deemed cheating, but back in the day, that was that was the norm, and that was what made racing and motorsports fun. And now we've got to this point in the in the world, and people are basically, if you cheat, you're the worst person in the history of of life, essentially. Yeah, and I, that's kind of where I'm coming from on the. Uh... You know, if you stop cheering for anyone because they were cheating, uh, then you won't have anyone left to cheer for. Hell, there is a. I don't want to. I don't want to label him as a Kyle Larson fan, but that's the only way I know how to describe his Twitter account. But he's going after uh, everyone that tweeted about Cannon McIntosh for like four weeks, and he would just reply to every tweet saying "cheater," "bona fide cheater." And I'm just like, dude, do, what, do you got anything better to do? You know, and that that's even on like controversial stuff of like, dude, you could clean midget tires with a lot of chemicals and all of them will set off whatever that thing set off. So I think, yeah, everyone's pushing the envelope. Maybe, maybe they pushed it on purpose. Maybe they didn't, uh, in both of these situations, probably not on the Rossi one actually it seems pretty deliberate what they were doing and uh that the car needed to do it otherwise the car would have been underweight uh mm-hmm. but yeah so he keeps his win all that is good uh I don't think the 20 points I don't know if the end of the season paycheck is that much for IndyCar that like a 10th in points and 14th in points is gonna break you either way I mean 10th and points and four 10th and points sounds a hell of a lot better than 14th and points. I'll put it. I don't that know. Way. I, those are not the standing numbers. I could, I'm not going to worry about looking up. There's four races left and Alexander Rossi just won for the first time in three years. So hopefully they build off that. I'd love to see the guy win again. He's uh, dude. He was, he was Chris Bryant. You could draw a lot of similarities about their 2016 seasons. Um, as stupid and dopey as that sounds to anyone who's not a Cubs fan and that's listening to this, but yeah. he was that prospect that was going to change the world. And you know, it hasn't For a while he did. He, yeah. That's what I mean. Like he, he I mean, he's a, he's always a contender to win on ovals and IndyCar has not raced at their fair share amount of ovals the past few years. Like they had, uh, originally done in the early days of the sport, but Hopefully they get back to that more and just watch out for him at ovals because they they are he's a great driver at any of them. Yeah, he's right. good. Sorry, did I cut? Did I cut you? No, I was just saying he's a good driver and and yeah. doesn't you know doesn't get a whole lot of credit for how good he actually is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, without further ado, episode sixty nine of the Always Race Day podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. 
What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 69 of the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald. And before we get started, I want to thank Carl Auto Group for supporting this podcast and sponsoring us, partnering with us whatever you uh, want to call it at home there. If you are looking for a vehicle of any kind, call up the Carl Auto Group. I promise you they will get it to you as quickly uh, and as easily as possible. They are fantastic people to work with. Uh, and obviously, uh, we thank them as much as we can uh, for allowing us to do what we do uh, here at Always Race Day. And with that, I want to start the very nice preview of the Knoxville 360 Nationals. Damon, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Where you are, are uh, getting right into it. A lot of, a lot of meetings, a lot of stuff happening before students start showing back up on campus. So other than that, doing pretty good, exciting time of year. A lot of, a uh, lot of racing action. It was cool to see uh, North Wilkesboro pretty full last night. Um, and uh, uh, obviously the BC 39 getting set to go this weekend. And obviously then the, the 360 Nats getting going as well. So lot of lot of fun things going on yeah and if you guys uh, are new listeners at all or didn't know damon is the head bowling coach of columbia um you can decide if it's the ivy league school or a school in missouri i think we've covered it before you're gonna have to listen to past episodes to understand the whole saga there yeah yeah no <laughs> i i can't even tell you what number it was there's a pretty good example um if you go to the one after our trip to lake ozark i think Either that one or the one we thought was missing. That really wasn't. Yeah, that's true. That one too. Yeah. The whole weekend was a blur. We're going to do stuff like that next week. Damon and I are uh, headed to the Knoxville Nationals. I'll be at a racetrack, whether it be Knoxville or Southern Iowa Speedway in Oskaloosa. I guess that's only one night, but nine of the next 10 days, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday. And if it's Friday, then it's eight of the next nine. What if it's Saturday? This, uh, seven of eight see he wasn't prepared for that question no well no one listens on saturdays they're you're drinking how do you know it's out in the sunshine if you guys want to listen to us on saturday we could produce a saturday episode that has hopefully uncopyrighted music and that it just phases in and out of us talking about stuff and then they listen to a good country song i'm guessing that they could be listening to it on their way yeah, well, you know, Florida Georgia Line is breaking up, so maybe their stuff will lose copyright and we can just put their songs in as like ad breaks. Already has, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, 360 Nationals kickoff at Knoxville uh, tonight. A lot of big names uh, going Thursday and a lot of big names going Friday, and we'll get to both days, but I the Thursday field look stacked dude we got aaron reitzel uh he's been really hot in knoxville especially in the 360 uh chase randall has been getting better every week parker price miller will be there geo selzy the defending champion of the knoxville 360 nationals uh cory day his first time up here from california um and on top of it you got anthony macri who's what the hottest sprint car driver out there right now in terms of was the hottest four, four ten feature wins yeah, I think he's got. I think he still has the most four ten wins this year. And I haven't even mentioned Sam Hayfordteep yet, who's been Mister Three Hundred and Sixty for years and years. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Henderson, uh, our guy Ayrton Jenaten, Sawyer Phillips, 
Iowa Stater over there. I think that's my list. Austin McCarl as well. Zeb Wise. It, it's a stacked Thursday night field. It's going to be fun. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of big names there on on Thursday night in particular. You know, right. So, like you mentioned, who's been red hot? Geo, who's really good in a three sixty. Obviously, you can't count out when there's a guy named McCarl in the field running at Knoxville as well. So there's just, uh, there's, there's a lot of guys you can pick on to be, you know, quote unquote favorites going into it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see how the draw goes and everything. It's, it's a tough event to qualify for and there's heat inverts and all that stuff and points awarded. So, I mean, you, you have to have really good qualifying and pass a couple cars or, if you're not going to have a good qualifying night or qualifying session, you got to go win your heat race. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. Obviously qualifying is key um, because that's where you make up most of your points, like you mentioned, but boy, if, if you're struggling off the trailer, you just know you're going to have a, a long night ahead of you. That's going to be a big thing for Ryan Timms if he wants to qualify for Saturday's a main. I'm sorry for phrasing it like that. That's one of my pet peeves is when, and I do it way too much as well, but like all these guys want to make the A-Main. So my bad guys, I will go back to the drawing board. I will get better. They all do. Yeah. They all do, but only 24 make it. So. Well, for, for what it will take for Ryan Thames to make the A-Main on Saturday, he's going to have to qualify better than he did in his debut. Um, and again, I think we talked about on the last episode, but in your debut race at a track, you know, whatever vehicle it might be in, uh, you, there's there's no plan for it to go really really well that's like uh you you lucked into something there you know um his debut in a non-wing sprint car he qualified third so it can go every which way the kid's good um we'll see him friday night along with uh kyle larson tyler courtney buddy kofoid and brady bacon who are all along with Ryan Thames, uh, competing in the BC 39 midget race, uh, that's gotten really big at the dirt track at IMS. Um, and we'll be, we'll have coverage of that and everything there. Other, other guys running on Thursday or shoot Friday. I'm getting into myself here. Uh, Brian Brown, Terry McCarl, Clint Garner, you know, the 360 points race, uh, competition right there. Uh, Darren Pittman. Um, and of course our guest on the show today, Jamie Ball, You'll hear from him in a bit. He ran a lightning. I'm going to try to not stutter the rest of the whole damn show. Jesus. Jamie ran a lightning McQueen paint scheme at the nationals a couple years ago. Yes, he did. And it was a pretty cool, uh, cool looking car. Uh, I think it, it got wrecked didn't it? I was going to, I was just about to say that, but then I didn't want to, because I didn't want to make him feel bad. Well, okay. Well, he can't hear this part. It's preemptively making him feel. But bad. he will hear this part post podcast. Well, he doesn't know about this part yet. But he will. Yeah. After he, if he listens back to himself, maybe he'll. Yeah, he'll listen. Yeah. To us, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, he's a uh, he's a great person. Uh, we're gonna have him on. His uh, wife is actually the one that trots around on the horse with the fireworks before nationals. Mm -hmm. the, the coolest, like yeah. She did, it at the, uh, she did it at the truck race too, which was awesome. Do you remember when? Uh, do you remember when that like whole debate came out of like flyovers after after the anthem at Formula One races or something like that? 
very, very vaguely. I want to say it was like a year ago, but I'd much rather watch like a horse with fireworks than I would <laughs> like planes flying over me. I, I've seen so many flyovers. Like, I feel like it's just, I don't know. They're still, I don't know. They're still cool. I don't know. I'm not dogging on them so hard, but. I, I'm a big, I like planes so that the flyovers are cool. I'm also a guy that thinks we should replace the national anthem with juicy wiggles. So yeah, well there <laughs> now, now who do you think we should be taking advice from folks? <laughs> no no kidding. Agree. Don't take anything I say seriously ever. Exactly. Then you can't be held accountable. It's a big, big deal. Um, do you want to do 360? Do you want to do a 360 nationals draft? Oh boy. Yeah, we might as well. Are we talking are we talking for Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah, we might as well. I picked first the last time, so you can go this time. Should we put any stipulations on anything? Like you gotta pick a young guy and a veteran. No. 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 Nothing. All right. I would say I say you pick your 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 four. Okay. That's how you do it. All right. I got Kyle Larson, number one. Damn. I'm looking, I'm staring straight at Gio's name and I almost picked Gio. You can still pick him. You haven't well, submitted I'll, the card I'll, yet. I'll take, I'll take Larson. My hands off the chess piece. All right. Well then I'll take Gio. And are we doing snake? Yeah, we got it. You got to do snake. We can't really, right, so how many are we doing? Are we doing four or five? You tell me. We'll do five. We'll get, we'll get okay. two more. So I take Gio and I'll take Reitzel. I shouldn't. I, I take back what I said about the snake draft. No, you can't do that. All right. This is, uh, this is tough. Cause there's a lot of names that are just around. I'm doing this off memory. I don't have a list in front of me, so you need to do that. If you want to, yeah, pull it up. If you want to, I want to, I'm thinking about, I don't want to like take everyone through my brain right now because no, please don't. We don't have time for that. No, it's just, I don't know how, how well these guys are going to run on a 360 at Knoxville as opposed to what they would do in a 410. I could play it safe, but I think he'll be on the board still. That guy. Mm. This is tough, Damon. This is really poor radio out of me because I can't decide. I can tell. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Glad to help. I will take uh, Shane Gullibick and I will do Ryan Thames. Okay. All right. Are you writing these down? I, yeah, I should. You're right. You might want to. Um, hmm. So I went Reitzel and I went Geo. And you went Gullibick, Larson, and Tims? Yep. Give me Tyler Courtney. And give me Buddy Kofoid. I was worried that you were going to take Courtney. I was, I gave you a chance. Uh, I'm just, all right. I'm, I'm rounding. Yeah. Is it, do it, 
It snakes back and to me, right? Then you get two, and then I get my last one. Well, I'll just do Chase Randall and Jamie Ball, all podcast team. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I like going for wins here, so we're going to keep the win train going with, uh, with Brian Brown in the uh, last pick. But yeah, your team kicks my ass, Jesus. Yeah, it does. Holy cow. That's and you've got the winner on your team. I li- yeah, I literally went. Okay, I think the winner should be worth a hundred points and second should be worth ten less. And then down by no. down by one from there. I think we just add together the total places and whoever has the lowest number. That's wins. fine. Everything's worth one. Yeah, yeah, you might get me. Uh, yeah, there's a good chance. <laughs> we'll see. I, I missed, I definitely missed on Brown because he's written in very small font under Tyler Courtney's name. Oh, I'm looking at it. It's pretty bold font right here. It's actually highlighted on their website. I, well, I wrote my, I wrote my list down. Mm. I was doing, where your doing the prep work was. for the show here, man. That's your first mistake. But I like it. Are you? Uh, are we both picking Kyle Larson to win this? Yeah, I am. I mean, it, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to do something completely off the charts to not win this, in my opinion. I think his. I feel like his sprint car program has been weakish. This is where it picks compared up weakish compared to last year. Well, yeah, because they haven't ran it as much. No, that's fair. I just, and you're putting a different engine in there that he hasn't ran, you know, I don't know. It's the same track. I don't, I, I mean, when it comes to a place I agree, like, like this, look I, at Anthony Macri didn't like, he had issues with his car last week in a 360. Right. So who knows? I would say it's the it's same car, same track. It's just a different motor. Yeah. The right. runs are going to be a little bit different. I think that's the only thing. So I think that's why Friday is going to be key for him in that front. No, I agree. Absolutely. You guys uh, tune into that. We'll be at the track all day, all night. You know how it goes. Um, and you can watch it on Dirt Vision. Um, as far as the BC39 goes that we mentioned earlier, that is on Flow Racing. There's like 89 drivers there and I think over 100 110 maybe for the 360 nationals which right now is outnumbering the 410s and that's crazy they moved the um the the pace five race yeah. to sunday yeah to sunday night because of how many entries there were for the for the 360 race so yeah a lot of a lot of people competing yeah i'm excited this uh it's gonna be a fun weekend here uh, and a lot of just amazing names are entered. So I'm wondering if that's going to raise the kind of allure uh, to the race a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it it will. I mean, having having the name Kyle Larson in a field is going to be big. That's going to draw a crowd the way it is. It's it's like having, you know, it's like having anybody with, with a big name showing up to a track. They're going to find a way to be there regardless. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, well, let's get into the news a little bit here. And speaking of Larson, he actually failed tech uh, after that pavement race he ran 
I want to say Monday night. So he failed tech. Um, he isn't declared the winner. Uh, Kyle O'Gara uh, is, I guess, awarded the prize money, but Larson was declared the winner. I don't know if that made a whole lot of sense to you, but uh, basically the cars were officiated by the, uh, by IRP and not by USAC. So in their rules or however they did it, Larson keeps the win technically, but O'Gara gets first place points and money for their series with that. So I don't know if that interested anybody or if uh they were wondering what happened because it kind of came out really quietly i was gonna say this is the first i've heard of it so it apparently isn't as big of a deal as they want it to be yeah it's uh, a new irp series that's like pavement sprint cars and pavement midgets i think 500 sprint cars are what one of the tours was called there there was two of them larson mm -hmm. did double duty so it's cool cool to watch a little bit of it um didn't get a chance to see the whole thing but it was all right you know how um dale jr announces that on august 31st uh he will be racing in the cars tour race at north wilkesboro uh in that sun drop number three car so i thought that was uh pretty sweet when they rolled that out in those plans yeah i mean it, it only fits what was going to take place uh, anyway. So uh, when they pulled out the, the old graphics, I mean, it looks identical to his, his car he ran there in the 90s. So really cool to see that. Um, to see that late model come out with the Sundrop paint scheme on it, the three, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be really neat to see that. Yeah, I'm excited. I have a race XR subscription through Chris. So if you want to watch, we'll, we'll figure out a way. Maybe we'll get together or something. I know that's right before football season starts, but we'll, uh, we'll have coverage of that as well. Um, North Wilkesboro kicked off the racetrack revival, uh, Tuesday night, Ryan Newman got the win. Uh, it is Wednesday, uh, afternoon when we're recording this guys. So we won't have We'll have stuff on the website, but we won't have anything on the podcast about whatever happens there tonight. It was a pretty eventful night for night one. The stands were absolutely packed. Uh, Sold out. Yeah, Ryan Newman um, proves that he's still got it, uh, no matter where he's at. I, I wouldn't be shocked if someone gave him a couple of rides in a Cup Series car again. I think it's a far-fetched, uh, not even like want or like fan want probably out of me but he's winning srx races he's winning this you know it's clear that he still has some talent uh, and he's racing the bc39 as well so he's he's basically said that if he's gonna go back to do any cup racing it's gonna be in, in a competitive car so uh the way things are shaking out right now i don't foresee that happening yeah. i could foresee him happening though uh going into a uh um into like an xfinity series ride or even a truck ride yeah i'd agree it would be cool to see him out there ripping it uh once in a while maybe i can convince him to race nitro rallycross oh my god I was getting, I got out dirt three the other day. I've been playing some rally cross on the PS3. I bet you have my world of allies, uh, video game hasn't gotten here from Australia off eBay. 
I ordered it like four months ago. And I stuck on a ship somewhere. Yeah, I've tried to get on there on my phone and I just give up because it says like this account is not right to find your confirmation number. <laughs> so maybe at some point it will get here. I don't know. I hope I didn't get fleeced. It's probably at your other place. Wait, yeah, the two houses I own or what? Mm -hmm. I, get, I get everything shipped to my parents because I don't like the mailboxes here. They're too tiny. Oh, that's fair. And our doors are like, I guess I'm, don't walk up to my apartment door, please. But you can just walk up to the doors and that's where the mail is at. So like, I don't know. My parents, my parents live like eight minutes away. So it's easier to just get stuff there. Right. Plus it's already preset all that. You avoid stuff. Um, where were we? North Wilkesboro. Uh, fireworks on opening night with Newman winning. And then they had a Carolina crate crate late model or crate modified I think it's a crate modified race yeah i'm remembering now uh an 11 year old uh by the name of Polly hartwig the third won he won yep. the damn thing and it just goes to show and i'm always 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 going to spread messages uh or stories like this because i grew up reading about jeff gordon kicking adults asses when he was 12 years old on dirt he moved to three different cities just so he could race because people are like oh well he's too young to be good in this car and i think it's the dumbest freaking thing that we take someone's age and that hey when you're 15 years old and 363 days uh you you change uh in the two days after that drastically you're a completely different person because you turn 16. And I'm just using that as an example. It sounds starkly uh, similar to the Ryan Thames thing. I wasn't going after that, but you can insert any birthday, anything like that. Birthday should be used to, you know, bookmark where you're at in life, maybe. And that's even like a little controversial, but to say that like you have to be this old to be able to race this car safe, no. You, you got to be good. You don't have to be old enough or young enough. And I just always hated, you know, like going after a guy for however old or young he is uh, and that having that influence someone's opinion on things. Yeah. Yep. You, I mean, you can tell that's a solid opinion because I've left, I've left Damon speechless for once. No, <laughs> no. I mean, we we've talked about this multiple times so i know that well i probably should have just said that one the first time point, i'm not gonna i say at this point i'm not gonna keep beating the dead horse there's you know there's there's goods to it there's bads to it so someone pays us we'll we'll sit down for a week and develop a ranking system on big races and what it takes to qualify for the bigger ones we'll have a whole ladder system oh boy if you spell your name Zach with an H at the end, you're not allowed to race an IndyCar. Fair enough. That will be that will be where the sheet ends. That will be the end of it. You make some weird rules. Think, spell it right. Not to mention Z A K Zach Brown doesn't spell it right either. And look at where it's gotten him. He has handshake deals, Damon, with like 
seven different drivers. Yeah. Plus the six he has in his seats this year. Hey, and he is. He managed to build a car slow enough that Daniel Ricardo couldn't be fast in it. He is just making sure he's got all his grounds covered. That's all he's doing. I, I guess so. Uh, so if y'all don't, if y'all haven't heard yet, uh, there was a, I think it was the 2021 F2 champion. So I would take it. He's racing an F2 this year still. Um, he, it's, it was like mirroring the Polo thing. Alpine said that they had signed him for next year. And he came out and said, uh, that's not true. They did not sign me. Uh, I'll be racing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's a Zach Brown McLaren thing. And I, I, I almost, I'm getting like a 10% hint of con man, Damon. I mean, that was, that was pretty apparent a while ago, but, um, I'm glad that you're finally seeing it. I, I'm always like, if I meet him next week on accident, like, what am I going to say? Hey, I just completely ridiculed you on my show. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our show. I didn't mean to do that. Mm. There goes it's your show. I'm just a clown on the circus. I disagree. So there's, there uh, goes me going back to the prissy team. But yeah, I mean, yes, that's what you say to him. I'll introduce myself as that. And we'll, uh, if I meet him, if I meet him specifically next week in Knoxville and he poaches, uh, Donnie shots to go drive for arrow McLaren. That ain't going to happen. You don't have to worry about that. He's poaching everybody, Damon. I know, but he isn't going to go. We got heads on a swivel in the motorsports world. We've got to be on the lookout for this. No. All right. Good to know. (laughs) Um, Graham Rahal uh, is working to get IndyCar a race uh, on the streets of Pittsburgh uh, before NASCAR can get there. Pittsburgh City Council or someone from over there said that they were interested in hosting an event like that uh, and wanted to see how the Chicago race turned out. Uh, Graham pointed out that IndyCars are like quieter uh, and it's probably an easier thing to set up. It's probably less cost to the city of Pittsburgh to have IndyCar rather than NASCAR come in. Uh, and there's a lot of IndyCar sponsors from Pittsburgh, uh, PNC Bank, for instance. So uh, he had mentioned Pittsburgh like three weeks ago on the Connor Daly, uh, what's the name of it? Speed. Uh, yeah, it's on, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Dale Jr.'s media company. It's Connor Daly and Joey Molinaro. I listen every Wednesday. Uh, Speed Street, right? Yeah, something like that. I think it's a Speed Street podcast. Look up Connor Daly. You'll find it pretty. Speed Street. Yeah, there you go. Uh, They're on Spotify and all that too. No free ads though, so don't pretend I didn't tell you that. Uh, But yeah, so Ray Hall seems really in on getting Pittsburgh. And you know, when he retires, he's going to have to be on the board at IndyCar. Uh, he'll be owning his own team. You won't have to worry about that. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's fantastic for them. If that comes to fruition, especially in this short of a time, and it ends up on the schedule next year, I'll be psyched. Yeah, that'll be that'll be big time. I don't. I mean, there's a lot that goes down to it, so I don't know if it'll be for next year, but it'll be pretty cool. And I know you uh, hate the uh, street races, but at least you're excited about this too. I wouldn't say I'm excited about it, but IndyCar, I mean, is it makes more sense um, on the the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh market, I guess. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, street courses are still street courses, but regardless, IndyCar makes a little more sense there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyways, in Supercross news, I know you're excited to hear about this. Have you have you heard anything? Nothing. So the Monster Energy uh, AMA Supercross series, I believe, is merging with the Lucas Oil Pro Moto Cross series. If you don't know, Super is in stadiums, Moto is outside. Um, they're going to merge with a bigger TV deal for next season. Races throughout the year. They're still keeping separate point system for Supercross and Motocross, but they're going to have a Super Moto. I think Super Motocross is what it's being called, uh, World Championship. And there's going to be three playoff races at the end of the year. You qualify based on your points uh, in either Supercross or Motocross. Uh, three playoff races at the end of the season, and the finale is at the LA Coliseum. I believe they're hosting that in October uh, of 2023. And probably the biggest news for that sport that I've seen. Um, yeah, I would say so. There's going to be a lot of uh, traditionalist piss because they're going to playoffs. So. You know, be careful. Be careful what you wish for on the playoff side. Dude, I am on. I'm on a Facebook group that is like all motocross and supercross fans, and that's all they watch every weekend. And it is the most like boomer like routine takes. I could tell you. I could watch a race with you and probably guess the first five posts I would look at in that group. And it, for some reason, it always finds my home home feed like well easier than others you go there often you probably should i don't go I, to the page. Dude, I never go to the page they're just their posts like find their way onto mine it's the weirdest thing and i read well i probably read a lot of the comments and that's probably what's sending that's it back. what but it's what happens it's the funniest stuff like they couldn't figure out how to log into flow racing this guy was saying he was paying 200 dollars for whatever and now he now it's on flow um and he can't get onto his flow account he couldn't figure it out well that and sounds that sounds about right instead of going to like flow support he just complained about it on facebook and said i couldn't watch the race well that's where you go to complain isn't it it just from what he replied to people with it sounded like he just didn't watch the race all day complained about it later and just completely went on about his day which yeah. It's like the weirdest thing with, I guess, Redbud is like a big, big race. I don't know a lot about motocross because it's hardly ever on TV. And by that time, you know, everything else is in full swing and it's kind of harder to get it into my normal rotation of things. But I love the sport. I love playing ATV Off-Road Fury and uh, MX versus ATV and all those games. So, Yeah. Um a lot of I, I used to play those. That was actually one of the very first games that I got when I had my PlayStation was ATV Fury Off Road Two. So uh, played that a lot back you know, in the day. You know what's crazy is that they had a couple of decent video games. Nothing too special, not an insane career mode or anything like that. They were just fun to play, and I'm sitting here caring about it today as like a motorsports journalist. And it's almost like having your own console video game is like very big for turning people into fans. 
that's how you get the younger kids is is having your own console your own console game so damn straight i just turned a super cross reference into a world of outlaws video game spent they came out with another track just moments ago like that fairbury right yep they do two today it's not it looks like they're doing it like by way of their schedule so yep we'll get um i'll get an updated list for you guys on the world of outlaws video game right when knoxville's announced i'll I'll get that up for you sound good i think that covers it did i forget anything on the news side not really there hasn't been a whole lot of other you know as far as pavement news there hasn't been a lot this week no penalties i did i didn't i did miss one tyler reddick licked the bricks he did yeah i guess we should also mention that um for our, one of our our fellow iowans uh brett moffitt is no longer driving the hour motorsports zero oh, two as yeah well, so. um first buy a shirt on always race day uh links in the bio uh buy one of our shirts i hope you love them uh we'll come out with some more here in a bit um coming weeks i think uh but number two sponsor brett moffitt if you have money to buy 500 shirts you can take that and don't spend it here but go sponsor brett moffitt uh talented racer i think he's been given a lot of bad luck and a lot of short ends of the stick uh and just about every team he's raced for so good luck yeah. to him. I, I hope to no see doubt. Him back. no doubt maybe a truck team will pick him up yeah that uh that would be ideal that would be ideal for him to to at least get get somewhere anyway yeah absolutely all right are we good i'm good all right people uh you're about to hear uh our interview with jamie ball hope you enjoy another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, guys, we are now joined by a very special guest uh, right ahead of the 360 Na- uh, Knoxville Nationals. Um, he's nine-time 360 A-Main winner at Knoxville. Uh, one-time 305 winner, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we got Jamie Ball joining us today. Uh, J- yeah, Jamie, go ahead. You take the reins. Yeah, thank, you guys. thank you guys for having me. Uh, you know, we've had a tough year. So, uh, I'm going to be honest. It's my first podcast of the year. We haven't had much to write about. So I uh, appreciate you having us on hopefully uh, before a good week ahead. 
Well, we, uh, the two, so I've been to Jamie's trailer after the race like three times this year. And it just so happens every time it was because he had tire issues that ruined a great run for him. So I, I think as a Cubs fan, that just means you're incredibly due for a big race. Yeah. We, we keep saying that, uh, God's testing us with some, some battles here to, uh, hopefully have some better things in store for us. So it's been, it's been a trying year to say the least, uh, lots of ups, lots of downs, uh, more downs than we were definitely anticipating. So, you know, myself and my team, we've been humbled this year, just, uh, you know, a little bit of tabled expectations after coming off last year. Yeah. When you're in a season like you've had so far, you know, the points are kind of way back in the back of your head probably not even in sight. What's it like to come into this week and be like, this is our big race. Now we got two days to go out and do something. Oh, uh, you know, we've been just been taking it week by week. You know, we had those couple issues with uh, the Hoosier delaminating while running first and third. And then it's just so hard to get tires right now. You know, whether if you can get them, they don't size up right. And, and if you can get them, that's you know, half the battle. I think they're going to give each of us one tire or let us allow us the opportunity to buy one tire when we go in for qualifying night and uh, same on Saturday. So truthfully, um, after that wreck at the beginning of the year to start the season off, we've just been taking it week by week. You know, we've self-funded team here. My dad owns the truck and trailer and then I pay for everything else. And my in-laws own the shops. So it's, uh, you know, week to weeks, what we've been doing, uh, try to try to win that race, you know, and we've been, We've been good and we've been fast. We just don't have the results on paper to show it. Is it is it one thing or another? I mean, you mentioned that obviously the tires have been the biggest conversation, but has it been one thing or another that's kind of held you guys back this year? Or is it just out of your control, do you think? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, crashing the car lap one at the beginning of the year, uh, we kind of lost some of our mojo and magic from last year because it took out the car, the shocks, the wings, you know, everything that was just uh, the package that we developed that was so successful. So started off on the wrong foot completely, you know, really nothing worse could have happened there. And, uh, then my back was injured a little bit. So was slow getting back from that. Then the tire delaminated, uh, while leading. And the next week I had a shock mount break and raced uh, the last 13 laps without a left rear shock. Came back the next week, had a tire delaminate again, uh, while running third. And luckily was able to work with Hoosier a little to pinpoint that, uh, their date code 26 DT was a bad batch. And they've since pulled that and three others out of uh, circulation to be able to, uh, try to alleviate some of these issues of the delamination on the tires. So, I mean, you just kind of add in those things. And like I said, we, we've been fast, just not really the results we were hoping for, but, uh, like Connor said, hopefully building up for something great. So, so was it the same batch of the tires that, that delaminated for you guys? Yes, it was. They, oh, uh, the first tire was 26 DT was the code and, uh, Hoosier actually replaced it for me with another one. And, uh, it was the same, same code and we figured, uh, one in a million, but, uh, I can at least confirm that it was two in a million, <laughs> if anything. So just, uh, you know, just stinks the way the world is with, COVID and shortages of materials to shortages of workers, you know, it's, it's crap and it's the, the hand we're dealt, I guess, but uh, I'm sure Hoosier wishes they weren't having a problem either. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right in that. Um, just going through all that stuff you've gone through, it's, it's a real like overcome adversity type of feeling, I guess. And 
you know, I think I picked you. We did a draft before this for 360 Nationals picks. We did a snake draft. Damon refused to pick you. I just want to make that clear before we continue. <laughs> well, my track record exactly this year hasn't been the best. So, you know, uh, I've seen I guess you saying that, and I've seen Lonnie Wheelie's uh, Nationals pool and a couple other Twitter rankings and things like that. And, you know, we're definitely down, and I don't blame anybody. We We don't have the results to – make you want to pick me i guess so thanks for picking me i hope to do you proud is this gonna come out every you're just gonna come out and shock the entire facility that's the whole plan i get what's going on that that's always the plan but yeah you know i think we're capable with our fisher fisher racing engines and maximum chassis you know i feel like we're fairly dialed in at points of the night but i've yet to put an entire night together from qualifying heat race and feature you know it seems like we we peak early and fade off later. We fade early and peak at the end. Just uh, the 360 class at Knoxville this year, you have, you know, it's kind of like the World of Outlaws. You've got to be raring to go and, and at the top of your game from the second you, you drive in the gate, you know, the qualifying this year, I can't tell you how many times I've been half of a tenth of a second between being top three versus being 12th, you know, so it's just wild the intensity the experience and the talent level in the 360 classes bar none right now now have you thought about changing any of your pre-race routines any superstitions no to be honest i really don't have any you know i feel like uh everybody has a destiny whether it be your destiny for how today's supposed to go to how your life's supposed to go to you know the day you're going to die so i feel like my team and i and my family we we have enough faith in in what we do and who we are and we know the work that we do in the shop and the money that we spend that uh, we put our best foot forward, everything that we're capable of, you know, every single week. Now you were, uh, you were telling me some stories on Saturday night uh, about kind of when you got into racing, uh, how you met JC uh, and your father and all that. Um, I guess kind of take us through it from the start. What, what made you a big racing fan? I grew up in Knoxville. So, uh, you kind of have two choices either hate it or love it and with my dad started racing in uh, 1998 spring cards here at knoxville that that's where i've been every saturday night my entire life other than in 2018 when we did the ascs national tour and uh i'll be honest even in 2018 i missed it you know it just feels weird to not be at knoxville on saturday it's it's all i know it's all i've ever known and really all i plan you know to do with my life i it's given me so much and I've met so many people and learned so many things, you know, that's, that's the beauty of racing is that it's, it's a business, you know, I've learned marketing and promotion and relationships and customer relations and public speaking and things that, uh, you know, I really think that racing helps people get through life in general. And that's why I've stuck to it my whole life. I went to college at AIB college of business in Des Moines and did day night and online classes and got a bachelor's degree in two and a half years. And, uh, just always want to be at Knoxville and, you know, we've traveled the country and I've done, you know, kind of what I thought I dreamed of, I guess, but I don't dream to travel anymore. I, I love racing at Knoxville. I love hitting and missing some sprint invader shows or something ASCS or I 80, but I have other aspirations in life. You know, there, I think you got to get older a little bit to figure out that there is a little bit more in racing or more in life than just racing. So whether it be our business to my real estate business and, horses with my wife jc and just animals and stuff i i live for a little bit more than just the racetrack now 
Yeah, I think uh, and the people at home, they don't know you have a pet goat. <laughs> no, most people probably don't. I've got a, about a 45-pound pygmy goat that lives in my house. Uh, she grew up with my dog. She, in her mind, thinks she's a dog. Sleeps in a dog kennel, takes naps on the couch, sits on your lap, uh, eats Ruffles potato chips and Skittles, and is uh, basically not a goat, at least in her mind anyway. She's a dog. What made, what was the choice that made you guys want to get a goat over say a crocodile? Damn it, what's legal here? My wife. No, I don't think <laughs> my, so. My wife, uh, you got to reiterate things a little more specifically. And when we bought this uh, acre gut side of town and we were renovating the house, I told her I wanted goats and I didn't specify, I guess, that I wanted goats out in the pasture in the barn. And instead I got handled a three pound bottle fed pygmy goat. And she said, well, her name's easy G and she'll be living in the house. And I was like, Oh Lord. But, uh, luckily I love JC enough that, uh, that all comes with it. And even when, when we got married, uh, in November in my vows, I said, I, I love you no matter what animal you bring home. So I think I kind of opened up a can of worms there for the rest of my life. <laughs> it sounds like, uh, you might want to go back and, and like close the door onto certain animals inside the house. Cause next thing you know, you're going to have a pole petting zoo inside. Uh, yeah. With how she is, you just never know. She's uh, got a friend that she grew up with in Texas that they've got some young boys and she'll send pictures every once in a while that they just like walks the donkey through the house, through the kitchen and out the sliding door. So I feel like that's partially what I'm in, in store for here in the future. Now, did you watch uh, Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory growing up? You're a little closer to my demographic on that one. Yeah, I watched it a little bit. All right, what if we got you an always race day? We could spray paint our logo on the side of it. What if we got you a mini horse? We could do that. I'm not sure what the cost is, Damon. <laughs> Don't ask me. Damon's the business guy here. <laughs> not a clue. Chris isn't around for me to ask him. I just think that'd be a good advertising trick for us we could do that or we could get jc to carry a flag somewhere or put it on our matter shooting setup and promote always race day even at uh horse events yeah that would be awesome too so if you guys we mentioned it in the first part uh of this podcast but jc will be the one riding around the track on the horse with the flag um and is is it like a bottle rocket she has holding up or is it like a sparkler kind of like premium sparkler deal? Uh, i can't think it definitely premium uh it's something that we order <laughs> they come in a come in a box that got assigned for and everything because basically it's labeled as explosives right and uh they're definitely a kind of horse showmanship type product and it's pretty cool because i think it shoots like if you were standing right next to it i just think it shoots eight foot in the air and for 20 seconds or something like that and it really just adds to it you know what she does carrying the flag on panda here in knoxville's amazing in general and uh you're not American if it doesn't give you a little bit of goosebumps or bring tears to your eyes. Cause it's just, uh, it's magical. It's hard to explain. Well, I remember the first time I saw it and I was blown away and the spark like does go like that high. Like you can see it all the way around the track. Does she rip like two of them then or two or three going all the way around? I think there's, yeah, I think there's two of them taped together. Her, uh, dad's a machinist. So he's fabricated up this, uh, pole that it's got little switches that she just clicks and it ignites them from the igniter and, away she goes that's even more impressive shit awesome so so you mentioned she does mountain shooting too on top of that is what you said 
Yes, sir. We, uh, we joke. She's more of a man than I'll ever be. She rides horses and isn't scared of that. Does barrel racing, shoots guns, hunts, uh, you know, the cowboy mounted shooting deal is kind of a combination of it all. Basically I tell people, you know, for the English version of it, it's barrel racing while shooting 10 balloons with two guns as quick as you can. So it's, uh, it's a wild sport and, uh, they're going to be doing it on Friday at the Iowa state fair. So if any race fans are in town and wanted to go up there and check it out, it'll be at the Jacobson building, I think from eight 30 in the morning to about four in the afternoon. Connor, that's something you have to see. So what, Mount what Friday is, is it? super cool. Just go Next during Friday, the morning. So Friday of four tens. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, it's in the morning. Yep. I drive down there with you, Jamie. Are you going? Yeah. Well, I'm going. I will definitely be there. Oh, yeah, let's do it. All right. It is one of the coolest things to see is that mounted shooting. So I've got some friends from the Creston area that um, that do the mounted shooting stuff. So um, yeah, She's actually got a shoot uh, in Creston Saturday and Sunday this week uh, at the Travis yep. Quarter Horse uh, Ranch. Yep. That, uh, it, it is the coolest thing in the world to see. So you got mounted shooting on one side of the house and you got sprint cars on the other side of the house. I mean, is there any time for anything else? Not a whole lot. You know, I'm going to be honest. We, uh, we do very good at supporting each other from afar. Uh, you know, that's kind of negative of both of what we do is it's at the same time of the year on the same night at the same time for the most part. So it's, it's difficult, but, uh, we make sure to always make time for each other a night or two during the week and, you know, racing or horses, they pretty much both take the same amount of time. And, and we joke, that's all your time. So it's, uh, something that we both love and it keeps us happy and it's nice to support each other and not, you know, get married and give each other an ultimatum of you're going to quit or I'm going to quit. So it's been good. And probably one of the good reasons why uh, we work so well together. That's awesome. And then, uh, we ask every driver this, but a unique vehicle, say a monster truck, uh, an ATV, a drag racing boat. If you could pick something weird to race in and just have one race in it, what would it be? Uh, I've been pretty interested in formula one lately. Uh, you know, of course from the Netflix series, but, uh, my buddy Blake Anderson and I, we keep up to it on the F1 app pretty good. And know the drivers pretty well and you know the drama of it all and who got signed and whatnot so you know the, those cars are amazing i i joke with him all the time when i crashed it cost me 10 grand when they run over a rock on the road it cost them 20 or on the track it cost them 25 grand when they crashed it's five hundred thousand. you know so they're just uh the spectacle and their professionalism is something that's always really drawn me to them so i think it'd be awesome to even heck even take an old one for a for a test drive down the Vegas strip or something like next for Stephen did. You got to talk to Zach Brown and get signed for next year. Well, I was just about to say, this guy knows who signed. Tell us. Cause we don't. Well, the one Blake and I were just talking about is how, uh, Sebastian Vettel was leaving Ashton Martin and, uh, Lonzo is in there. And that's about the only one they've got four or five that are still open, I think, but it's just, it's interesting to me cause it's, so fast paced, you know, one second you're on top of the world, like Daniel Ricardo, and the next second you're just trying to scratch and claw your way back into points. Hmm. I, I'm, I don't have any F1 connections, but I could probably get you to ride in an, an uh, Indy car. I will take you up on that. That sounds awesome. All right, Damon, we're going to have to email Krista. Yeah, you might need to. Yeah. I don't know if that was her name, but we did that. I, well, Damon wasn't there. I did it a couple weeks ago at their test, and it was. I mean, they were going like one thirty. It was definitely not like as fast as they could go. And I was still being like thrown to like the side of the race car. 
<laughs> had my elbow like braced into that like it was like an Indy Lights car, I think, but his specialty made and that brace in the middle of my elbow was up against it the whole time. Damon, you got anything else for Jamie? I guess uh, what's what's the goal expectation for the weekend? What what what's going to be a good weekend for you guys? First off, I'm gonna pray, pray, pray for a good pill draw because I feel like that's half the battle, especially with the uh, I think uh, Friday's supposed to be 96 degrees. So pray for that, and uh, you know I want to of course make the A on the qualifying night. I think we're capable of top five or better. You know I think that's definitely a possibility, which then would lock us into the A main on Saturday. You know I'd. Of course, love to be up towards the front, but truthfully, my goal is to lock in, be top 20 on Saturday and uh, go, you know, move forward from wherever we start. I'm not going to be too picky with how the year's gone. So I'd say we, we've tabled our expectations. You know, they're, that's very different if you would have asked me April 1st what my expectations were for 360s. But I feel I'm a, a logical person and a realist, and I, I know we're capable of it. We just need the stars to align a little bit. Now, is there a chance you ever bring out uh, the Lightning McQueen paint scheme again, or is it going to be Mr. Bad Boy and you go with Chick Hex next year? Absolutely not going to be anything related to cars. That that year uh, still hurts my body just thinking of it. Don't listen to the first part of the podcast. Yeah, you You might not. You won't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, that, that year hurt. That car was awesome. That was the coolest thing we've ever done on a race car. And, uh, for some reason it tried to kill me not once, not twice, but three times. So it was, uh, it was painful, but, uh, no, no owning my own car, everybody jokes. I'm a tightwad, but now that I own everything, I've definitely, uh, loosened up a little bit, I guess, but I'm never planning to really change my scheme because Clint Garner doesn't, it works for him. And I like how our car looks, uh, all the spares are ready and I don't have to read graphics everything every year. So I'm sure the, the way the four W looks will be here to stay. All right. Well, I'll just uh, get you and Bobby Pierce in the same room one weekend and get some beers in you guys, and we'll get some alternate paint scheme ideas. Well, I do have uh, so Brandon Dunkerson who owns full circle graphics and apparel uh, at it slideways. He keeps begging me. They just started it up here a couple months ago that eventually he wants to do something different. You know, and we've, we've talked about doing possibly a throwback car when my dad owned slideways back in the day and Logan Banzani that owns slideways is on board with kind of kicking it back to 2002 or so and doing something there with some reflective vinyl and black and yellow or something like that. So you never know, but right now I'm content with how everything looks and I have enough problems getting to the front and spending the money that we are right now. So we'll uh, keep her looking the same and work on making our car faster. All right, last question from me, and we'll let you get out of here. Uh, what is the craziest racing-related story uh, that's gone through in your life? You can pick any of them, and you well, can tell, you can tell by, the rest next time. Judging by the beer, <laughs> judging by the beers that we had on Saturday, I'm guessing you're requesting that we tell the story about uh, Selen's Grove in 2018. Would that be correct? That would be the one. Yeah. <laughs> so we ran the national tour in 2018, and you know, I'm a big track guy. So I was jacked up. We were going to Selens Grove out in Pennsylvania and we were like second quick and hot laps and started fourth in the heat and was, was up to second and, uh, went into the corner. And I, I think the torque tube, uh, came apart from the rear end and yard sailed the thing. I mean, seeing stars for 30 seconds, couldn't breathe, couldn't, you know, barely walk or nothing junk the car, get out. Uh, we're watching 
dirt vision or the cushion or whatever it was at the time uh, of Knoxville, just on the trailer. And uh, this guy next to us, the, I guess was hollering for us to move, move our car. And we didn't. So he just used his toter and rammed it and pushed it out of the way. And uh, long story short, next thing you know, uh, one of my crew guys jumps up and tries to rip someone out of the window and another guy smacks the back of a trailer and they stop and uh, Pennsylvania people are, are spirited individuals who get a little bit rowdy. And next thing you know, there's literally 50 people that really don't even know why they're punching each other. That's all fighting. And uh, my wife or fiance at the time, I guess JC was in our lounge and she was making a 92nd dinner and she comes out holding this spaghetti dinner and she's like, what just happened? And it, it I kid you not, it all transpired in 90 seconds was started done and over. And uh, we told her we were just in a big overall and she couldn't believe it. And I've seen a few videos. Uh, Rob Hart had a video that somebody would sent him from when it happened and nobody could believe it, but it was like ASCS versus PA versus brothers and brothers and uncles and dads. They, nobody had a clue. They were just, uh, all kind of punching each other. It was, it was a hot night and a lot of people didn't do very good and, uh, it got rowdy. So we, we still get questions to this day of like, you guys really get in a fight in Selins Grove and like, what kind of, it was kind of, everybody got in a fight. It, there was really no rhyme or reason. It was, uh, one of the most wild things I'd ever seen. Well, if you guys were wondering how long it took, uh, team Knoxville to beat the Pennsylvania posse, it was 90 seconds. It's on the record. <laughs> <laughs> yep there you go you got it <laughs> all right thanks uh thanks jamie for taking the time and uh thanks everyone for listening hope you all enjoy the 360 nationals and uh maybe we'll see jamie in victory lane saturday thank you guys thanks for what you do promoting racing uh i know uh social media can be pretty terrible as of late and uh the positivity that comes from always race day and just promoting racing and sprint cars like I love and you love and you know most of the other people that tune in love it, it means a lot so thank you i try to stay as positive as i can just no one mentioned the word invert to me and we're all we're all set see what well, people don't nationals. see what people don't see on on twitter is what i see on a regular basis i text all my bad stuff to damon yeah <laughs> keep, keep that private now well, <laughs> got an eight, eight invert on thursday and friday so be ready for that I know. Well, they got a point system that makes up for it a little bit. Like their compromise, it's a healthy compromise with Knoxville's format. I actually probably like their big event stuff the best, but we'll have the cream always. Yeah, I think the cream always rises to the top with the format. So we look forward to it. Thanks again, Jamie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day.